webcasting around the world from the desert metropolis of Phoenix, Arizona, this is The Dividing Line. The Apostle Peter commanded Christians to be ready to give a defense for the hope that is within us, yet to give that answer with gentleness and reverence. Our host is Dr. James White, Director of Alpha Omega Ministries and an elder at the Phoenix Reformed Baptist Church. This is a live program, and we invite your participation. If you'd like to talk with Dr. White, call now at 602-973-4602 or toll-free across the United States. It's 1-877-753-3341. And now with today's topic, here is James White. It could be the greatest archaeological find ever. Since the 1970s, hundreds of tombs and thousands of ancient bone boxes have been uncovered in the Holy Land. But now one tomb unearthed in Talpiot in 1980 is being regarded differently because it once held a box with this inscription, Jesus, son of Joseph. While the Bible tells the story of Jesus and his resurrection, this box could show physical evidence that he existed, was buried, and that he had a son, Judah. Those are the claims in a new book from Emmy-winning investigative journalist Simka Yakubovich and a documentary from Academy Award-winning director James Cameron. Witness the biggest cover-up in human history. It was the central, controversial claim of Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code. Mary Magdalene was Jesus' wife. That Jesus and Mary Magdalene married and started a royal bloodline that continues today. Brown's story was fiction. But now a new documentary and book announce a startling real-life discovery. It's unbelievable. This is it. It's the real thing. Journalist Simka Yakubovich says this tomb, discovered underneath what is now an apartment complex near Jerusalem, may be the final resting place of Jesus Christ. And this limestone box, called an ossuary, could have held his actual bones. Mem is for M. This ossuary may have held Maria's or the Virgin Mary's. This one is labeled Mary Omne, which Christian scripture says was Mary Magdalene's real name. And let's stop right there. Well, uh, if you listened, uh, if you read the blog, you had a heads up. We saw this coming, didn't have much of a warning. Uh, in fact, I would like to thank uh, the fellow who came into the chat channel on Saturday morning and dropped a URL. It was about the only URL in the subject at the time. But I saw, uh, very quickly, uh, the centrality of the argument that was being made and the sad fact that a large portion of the Christian community, including the Christian apologetics community, would not be in an overly good position to respond to this kind of cluster of arguments being put forth in the empty in the lost tomb of Jesus it should be the empty tomb of Jesus but anyway be that as it may we tried to give you a heads up tried to give you some warning as to what was coming and what you were just listening to was the today show from yesterday morning we will be working through that uh, it is hard to get very far through these things without running into such outrageously uh, false claims that you just have to stop and say wait 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 and as soon as you say that's outrageously false, the other side says, but you haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, but you're making the claim. <laughs> so so when you when you say, for example, the Christian scriptures tell us that Mary Omne is Mary Magdalene, no, they do not. Uh, this, to me, is the central argument of this entire film, is that Mary Omne, the name on one of the ossuaries in the 1980 
uh, tomb that was uncovered in the construction of the apartment complex. That Mary Omni, and I'm not even getting into the questions that exist, and questions do exist about the validity of the inscriptions. There are questions, there are arguments on both sides that's still being worked out. There is a trial going on in Israel as we speak. Well, probably not as we speak, because it would be too late there. But uh, there was while we were sleeping uh, on this very issue in regards to the uh, possibility of tampering that has been done with the James ossuary, which this film claims is the 10th ossuary that was found. There were 10 ossuaries found. There are only nine right now. They're claiming that's the 10th one. Well, if that one's been tampered with, then all bets are off and all the rest of it. But not even getting into all that stuff right now. Uh, Mariamne is the name that they focus upon and repeatedly say, Christian scholars say, here we just heard uh, Meredith Vieira say that the Christian scriptures say that this is Mary Magdalene. No, they don't. That is the, and so far, I've not heard anyone challenging this. I've not heard anybody saying, oh, no, that's not true. Um, and we're going to listen to the Larry King thing from last night. We may not get to all of it today, but uh, there was a Larry King program last night, which is Larry King is 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 the if you want to make sure that nothing more than sound bites ever get said and no one can ever have enough time to develop any intelligent thought, listen to Larry King. Larry King is one of the most frustrating programs to ever listen to if you actually are concerned about what's being said. The, the man is the worst interviewer that God ever put on this planet, and he, he is a scourge upon any serious subject. Uh, it is just just unbelievable to try to listen to that man. But be that as it may, uh, we're, we're going to listen to some segments of that. But I want you to see how absolutely central uh, this is to this current argument. In case you can't tell, I've been on top of this thing, and it's been the main thing I've been thinking about for days now. And uh, I'll uh, be letting you know on... Uh, sort of announcing something a little bit later on in the program, so don't tune away. But listen to the very beginning. Well, it's not the very beginning. I missed the very beginning of the Larry King show last night in the interview because I was trying to find a way to record it, and I eventually gave up and just used an old-fashioned way of an MP3 recorder. Uh, I guess MP3 recorders aren't all that old-fashioned, but I was trying to hook up cables and get video and all that stuff, and I couldn't get it done. But I did eventually get it started right at this point. Listen to Simka Yakovovich as he is uh, talking about why it is that even though this was found almost 30 years ago, now all of a sudden they've been able to put the pieces together. I'll play this section and then a section with Cameron on the Today Show yesterday morning so you can see where this is coming from. Here's Simka Yakubovic. from Magdala, the city Magdala, but her name is Mariamne. They didn't know that. So the archaeologists didn't know what the New Testament guys knew, and the New Testament people didn't know what the archaeologists knew. Once we connected those dots, that's it. Yeah. See, there's once we connected those dots. What's he talking about? He's talking about the assertion. You heard it in Meredith Vieira's words, which I'm sure she didn't write, uh, some writer at uh, NBC, saying that Mariamne is Mary Magdalene. Here you have Simca saying, see, New Testament scholars knew this. They knew that Mary Amne is Mary Magdalene, but the archaeologists didn't. So when the archaeologists saw Mary Amne in the ossuaries, that name on the ossuary, they didn't make a connection, and we're the ones who have connected the dots. We've put this all together. And that's the same thing that uh, Cameron said on the Today Show right toward the end of the interview. I think a lot of folks were maybe, you know, getting ready to move on or whatever that point. But listen listen to what Cameron says 
at the very end of the interview from the Today Show yesterday morning. They looked at, at uh, they said, oh, well, there's a second Mary here. You know, Mary Omni is a, is a, a diminutive of Miriam, Miriam which right. is Mary. And, but they didn't have the information from the, from the uh, Acts of Philip, which definitely identifies Mary Magdalene as Mary Omni. If they'd had that information, Maybe they, they might have looked at the yeah. whole name cluster very differently in 1980. Well, it Suka is. found that information. Yeah, I am, so, Simka Yakovovich finds this information from the Acts of Philip. Now, what are the Acts of Philip? Is this something that all New Testament scholars go, oh, yes, this is, this is relevant information, uh, vital to the New Testament, has the same kind of standing as the canonical Gospels? The answer, of course, is no, it's not in any way, shape, or form, for that matter. That isn't the case. Well, what then are uh, the, what then is the Acts of Philip? Well, I've been trying to help out as much as possible by providing links uh, on the website. And by the way, I have, I have put an entire topic area, a, a subject area of the uh, uh, tomb issues on the website. So all you've got to do is go down to the bottom of the blog, click on tomb issues, and you'll have everything that we have uh, posted on this particular subject right there in front of you. Uh, the, the acts of Philip are known in their earliest form from a, we'll be conservative here, 14th century manuscript. Now, some theorize, please note this terminology, please, some theorize. This is a speculation. It is purely theoretical. You don't have any way of backing it up. There's no evidence for it. It is theoretical that the book could be as early as sometime after the Council of Nicaea, 4th century. That is a pure speculation. There's no evidence to back that up. Okay? Let's say around the year 500. So we have a document that doesn't that, that cannot even be pretended to be a meaningful historical document as in containing first century data from the time of when these ossuaries used. Because remember, we're going to now know more about ossuaries than we ever thought of before. The James ossuary got us going on this. Now it's now it's front and center. You can't ignore this one because it's 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 going to be all over the place. And every person you talk to about the gospel who's heard it is going to be asking you about these things. That's why we have to pursue this, no matter how distasteful it might be or sometimes how silly it might be. We have to pursue this because I think it is truly a major apologetic issue that faces us today. When someone attacks the centrality of the resurrection, folks, and, and this, this I don't even think Simka Yakovovich really understands yet because of what he said on Larry King. We'll hear it later on if we ever get around to doing all this stuff, but... Uh, we're not attacking the, the, the resurrection. I mean, unless you think it's physical, but most Christians don't think Jesus rose physically from the dead. And you're just left going, <laughs> okay. Look, folks, if there were bones of Jesus in that ossuary, we are of all, of all men most to be pitied. Is that not what the Apostle Paul said? That means there was no resurrection. That means there's no Christianity. This is the heart and soul of it, Okay. And, you know, maybe I'm giving way too much credit to think that he doesn't really know this, but it's possible that he doesn't. Maybe the only Christians he's ever run into, sadly, are the John Shelby Spong type, uh, which aren't Christians in the first place. But 
If Jesus Christ's bones were in an ossuary, there is no Christian faith. That's it. It's over with. Go home, close the doors. And a lot of people do know that. He may not realize that, but uh, uh, there's got to be other people involved with this uh, this whole thing that are well aware that that is, in fact, the situation. So uh, here's 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 the assertion that you've got uh, a a source. We're going back to to, to the uh, to the uh, acts of acts of Philip now. Here is the source that put everything together. If they had just known about this um, 14th century, 14th century, 14 centuries after this, you see the ossuary thing. I, I'm sorry, I, I skipped a, skipped the line there. The ossuary thing. Uh, ossuaries were only used for a brief period of time. They're primarily associated with the Hasmonean dynasty. About uh, 10, you know, you know, if we want to give it about a 60 to 80 year swing there in the first century, beginning of the first century through the destruction of Jerusalem. That's when you have ossuaries being used. And they're wonderful archaeological things because, you know, they last for a long time. Uh, but other than that, uh, they, they, they don't have a long history uh, there that is relevant to us. And yes, they're very useful because, you know, uh, you've got uh, Joseph Caiaphas's uh, ossuary. You've seen a lot of pictures of that now and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, uh, so these are these are items that are are of great archaeological significance. There's no question about that. Okay, but these have certain names on them. Again, not getting into the possibility of problems with the with the, uh, with the uh, inscriptions, but these have certain names on them. How do we go about identifying this one particular name, Mariamne? This this to me is the clearest illustration of where this documentary is going to go way off track because you heard it uh you heard him say it i'm i'm going to i'm going to play it again so you can hear him say it they looked at that uh, they said oh well there's a second mary here you know mary omni is a, is a, a diminutive of miriam, miriam which right. is mary and but they didn't have the information from the from the uh, acts of philip which definitely identifies Mary Magdalene as Mary Omnia. If they'd had that information, Maybe they, they might have looked at the yeah. whole name cluster very differently in 1980. Well, it Suka is. found that information. Yeah, I am, so, archaeologists working in Israel are supposed to be making reference to a source that at the absolute outside, at, 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 the, at, the, at the stretching it as far as you can, is 400 years in the future... From the time frame of the tomb itself. Think about that for a second, folks. Go at least 400 years down, and the only evidence you have actually comes from 1,400 years later. Go down in history to the Acts of Philip, and Cameron tells us that the Acts of Philip definitely tell us Mary Magdalene is Mary Omni. Guess what? Read them. They never say that. They don't even get close to that. It is a wild-eyed speculation on the part of a small minority of scholars that the Mary Omni, who is identified in the Acts of Philip as the sister of Philip, not of, of uh, Jesus' wife or anything else, she's never said to be Mary Magdalene. She is said to, interestingly enough, she's to die in the Jordan River, and when threatened, she turns into either a, uh, a glass box or a pillar of, of smoke. That's, 
This is the level of stuff that is being made the linchpin, the foundation for the argumentation of this film. And so the acts of Philip from way up in the future that never make the connection of Mary Omni and Mary Magdalene because they're speculated upon by someone that, you know what, this Mary Omni seems like what some of the Gnostics said about Mary Magdalene, so we'll make the connection. So way down the road, these connections get made. They are highly speculative. They have no factual foundation to them whatsoever. These get read back into the first century, and now we have Mary Magdalene being married to Jesus, and they've got a kid. And how do you make any of this kind of wild-eyed nuttiness sound good? You throw in statistical analysis... And then you throw in the issue of DNA. And because everybody in Western culture knows, as long as you've got statistics and DNA, that's it. I mean, it has to be true, doesn't it? Well, no, it doesn't have to be true because of two things. Let me just mention these real quick, then we'll go back to uh, listening to these. Where I got a phone call on hold, and, and so we're we're going at it from uh, every, which, every which direction today. Two things real quick. The DNA issue is not even a questionable issue. What do I mean by that? Well, people hear this, and and immediately Christians are going, DNA, that's stupid. We don't have any sample against which to... No, the the DNA analysis was very simple. Uh, As far as I can tell, and remember, we're going to have much more to say about this once the book is released. I'm going to be going looking for it today. It's supposed to be out today. I'm going to be checking uh, local bookstores here real quick to see if I can track it down before I do the way of the master program um, at uh, two o'clock. So I'm going to be I'm going to be hoofing it. Uh, but uh, uh, once we've got the book, once we've got the movie, then we'll be able to go into much more detail than we can right now. All we can go on right now is all the stuff on the net and the things that these people themselves are saying, their own claims. We're playing their own words and responding to them. Uh, the argument is that they could only there was only enough human fragments left, which would be small bone fragments. Uh, to do testing on the two main ossuaries that they're concerned about, which was Jesus, son of Joseph, and uh, Mary Omni. And that's possibly understandable. What you need to understand is is uh, the only kind of testing that they could do is mitochondrial DNA. There, there would not be any nuclear DNA, full DNA strands, uh, that would be accessible in such a condition after uh, 2,000 years. Just just wouldn't be there. So they can do mitochondrial DNA. Uh, we have a, a good friend in our chat channel, a former member of my church, uh, who is um, a, uh, a CSI and works with DNA and hence uh, knows a good bit about DNA and has done some research for us. And in fact, she contacted the very man who did the research. And ironically, he ended his email with something along the lines of, don't let the media deceive you. <laughs> um there are only limited things that mitochondrial DNA can do, and it can only eliminate certain familial relationships, but not others. And so what they're doing is they're saying, they're, they're emphasizing that there were certain familial relationships between whoever Yeshua ben Joseph was and Mary Amne was uh, that opens the possibility of their being married. And then you throw in the Gnostic silliness from the 14th century, and boom, you've got your story. But what you need to realize is there are certain other 
familial relationships that mitochondrial DNA analysis cannot preclude. For example, Yeshua ben Joseph could have been the father of Mariamne. There is no way that mitochondrial DNA evidence would be able to demonstrate that in an ancient context, would be able to demonstrate that that's not a possibility. Couldn't be done. Now, will they admit that on the film? I don't know. Will they admit that in the book? I don't know. Don't have it yet. It's just released today. I'm going to go looking for it. Um, We will be able to go into much more detail on this in the future. But uh, he who did the actual DNA analysis is uh, himself saying, look, there's only certain things that I actually said. The conclusions that have been put out there by Discovery Channel and the producers and stuff are not mine. I do not support them. That's not me talking. Uh, here's all I said. So he's being very careful, as, of course, he must be, uh, in comparison to the rather wild-eyed um, argumentation that is that has appeared on, the, especially the Discovery Channel. Remember, the Discovery Channel uh, is the same channel that has brought us the search for Bigfoot and things like that, too. And uh, this seems to be very much along the same lines as far as uh, as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I've just been told the, uh, uh, oh, the DNA chapter is only eight pages long. Tequid in, uh, in channel here, who is one of the members of Team Apologion, tells me it's 27 bucks. Uh, yeehaw. Uh, Rich, I'm bringing the credit card with me. <laughs> we got, we got that kind of room on it. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, go see if we can't track that, that, uh, baby down. In fact, uh, if we don't have any other phone callers calling, Maybe you can uh, give um, give somebody a call uh, here locally, uh, maybe up at uh, Metro Center or something like that. Track one down for me. Have one held for me or something like that. I don't want to get up there and it's gone. So um, uh, once you're done eating that wonderful looking, you know, eating in front of me right before lunch is really not not a kind thing to do, especially when you look like you're enjoying it. That that just uh, I'm gonna turn the webcam around so everybody can see you sitting there munching on your uh, on your health food. There, should I tell them what it is? Your uh, your pop tart. <laughs> anyway, uh, <clears throat> okay. Here's a quote. Thank you, uh, 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 thank you, Tequid. Uh, Jesus mitochondrial DNA seemed typical of the Semitic tribes people who had inhabited the Jordan Valley in the time of Pilate and Herod. Well, there's some insight <laughs> that we couldn't have possibly had any idea of there you go uh there there's 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 some insight there okay anyway here's here's to it there's dna argument personally i think the dna argument there is is there primarily to lend scientific credibility and allow the discovery channel to make the claims it's making i I, honestly it's not giving you that much more information uh then the big one the one that they pushed on larry king the one that they they pushed on the today show was the name cluster issue the name cluster issue let me let me give you a a story here now obviously we're going to want to do much more in-depth work on this in in over the next couple weeks but let me just give you a little story last night in our chat channel another fellow who also is a rather highly educated and rather brilliant person we have a lot of rather smart folks in our channel um came into channel and just for the fun of it started surfing around the web and found a document in which my name, my first name, my wife's first name, spelled the way she spells it, my daughter's first name and my son's first name all appeared on one document on a website. And it was an honor roll at a university in Hawaii. And so so he 
said, that's clear proof that we, of course, have lived in Hawaii, which actually we haven't. But uh, And then on a lark, he then pulled up the census nameless. Did you know you could do this? You can pull up census nameless. In fact, a lot of people are wondering, how do we know that Mary was the most popular name? Well, there's a book right here. Those of you watching on the webcam, here is the book. It is called Jesus and the Eyewitnesses, the Gospels as Eyewitness Testimony by Richard Balcom. I'm writing the review of this book for CRI right now. It just happens to be what I'm, one of the things that I'm doing. And this is a brand new book by, uh, by Richard Balcom. And there is an entire chapter on the names that were used and, and where they're found, how they're found. And on, uh, for example, page 89, Table 7, the 31 most popular female names among Palestinian Jews, 330 BCE to 200 CE. So for half a millennium on both ends of our time period, Mary, Miriam, is the number one. Uh, 42 ossuaries have been found uh, with Miriam on it. Salome, 41. Uh, Shalamzion, 19. Martha, 17. Joanna, 7. Uh, this is the ossuaries. The total numbers is Miriam 70, Salome 58, Shalamzion 24, Martha 20, Joanna 12, uh, Shifra 12, Bernice 8, and then you start going down from there. And you have the same kind of, of numbers. Uh, most popular male names, table 6, page 85. Uh, Simon Simeon uh, is number 1. Joseph, Joseph is number 2. Uh, Jesus Joshua is number 6. Okay, and so this information is available to us. Well, they have census records as well, and you can pull census records up. And so this fellow last night in channel pulled the census records up and got the the total appearance numbers for my name, my wife's name, my daughter's name and my son's name. And then he put them together. And what is the probability of those four names appearing in one family? In that context, and the number went to 10 to the 14th power. But the problem is, folks, my family does exist. Um, my name is my name. My wife's name is my wife's name. And we chose those names, and those names exist. And this kind of abuse of statistics can be used to prove anything. They showed a portion. In fact, I bet you I could, I could find it here in the, uh, uh, in the Larry King wave. Uh, though with all the background noise, it probably wouldn't come out really well. But they showed a portion. And they had Tabor. Tabor, for example, uh, picked up this in, in the argument uh, on Larry King. And he picked it up and saying, well, look, you know, if you had uh, all these people in a, in a football stadium and, and you asked the ones with the name Jesus stand up, this many would stand up. And then if they had, if it was a son of Joseph, this many, and then you throw in Mary. And they're trying to, they're trying to create this illusion that this has to be the one, te- the one tomb based upon the assumption that Mary Omne is Mary Magdalene. And Maria has to be Mary, the Virgin Mary. They're ignoring all the facts. These people were not Jerusalemites. They didn't live here. There is absolutely no logical reason. They keep saying, this is the tomb of Jesus of Nazareth. Hello, where's Nazareth? Do you know? <laughs> it's not anywhere near Jerusalem, folks. Uh, the, the family isn't going down there. And after after the crucifixion, if they even accept that, it seems that they do, uh, are, are you seriously suggesting the Jewish authorities would be letting these people hang around and have hallowed ground to to to, ha- to bury people in? <laughs> I mean, the whole thing just the, the special pleading eventually just gets absolutely amazing. So the point is, take your own family, take your parents' names, 
and your name and your sister's names and your brother's names. It would help if you have four or five. And look at the census records. See how prevalent your guys' names are and then run the stats. And you'll discover you can't possibly exist. <laughs> you, there's a million to one chance that you don't actually exist. That's the kind of argumentation that's being found here. Uh, and it's, it's just absolutely amazing to me that, that, that people are not pointing this out. And then when you throw in the acts of Philip silliness, Oh, by the way, Bob, uh, can you tell that I've been spending a lot of time on this because I'm I'm just running all over the place uh, because there's just so much stuff to put together here, and really, uh, you know what I what I mentioned is it is my intention as soon as I get back. Well, and if, if I can get this book today, uh, I haven't seen anybody making phone calls yet, but if I can get uh, get this book today um, uh, to to track it down. It's my intention starting at the latest on Monday. Once the, the film is out, I've had a chance to view the film, I've got the book, um, to respond to it. Not on the blog, though I will be putting stuff on the blog. Uh, it is my intention to write a book and to write it as quickly as we can do so on a practical level, focusing upon these things, providing the references that I can't really provide in this context uh, overly quickly, uh, and get this out as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, that means I'm going to have to put a, other stuff on hold for a while. Uh, not for a long while, because I want this out quickly. Since there is a need for a full-orbed response so that people know... How, I mean, the, the timing is always the same, isn't it? Everybody keeps pointing out, coming up on uh, Resurrection Sunday, coming up on Easter, always throw this stuff out there. Yeah, this is a retread from 1996, but it's a retread with DNA and statistics analysis and James Cameron and so on and so forth. So it's a very uh, pretty retread. And it's the kind of presentation that is very effective for postmodern Westerners who don't do a lot of critical thinking. And Christians need to have a documented source they can have with them that provides the responses that they need to get the witnessing situation back on track. And in fact, if anything... Get it back on track in a proper way. Get it, use it as a means of witness. Turn this thing around. Remember when we, we talked about the passion? Turn it around, use it positively. That's what uh, John Piper did with his book. Um, that's what I'm talking about here. Turn this, use the Da Vinci Code. Turn it around, use it as a witnessing opportunity. That's why we dedicated, I don't know how many blog entries, uh, very full, lengthy blog entries to that. Here, we need to turn this around and use it as a means of, of, Witness, turn it around as a testimony to the, uh, to the, to the gospel and to the resurrection. So I came up with a working title. In fact, those of you who are calling in might uh, tell me what you think about it. Uh, the working title I came up with as I was uh, driving into the office this morning was, uh, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, uh, I put it in chat channel, but I'm not going to scroll back to try to find it. The working title is From Toronto to Emmaus, The Empty Tomb and the Journey from skepticism to truth-based faith. The journey from Toronto, or from Toronto to Emmaus. Hopefully you know why I put it that way. Simka Yakubovich is from Toronto, and Emmaus, obviously, that encounter on the road that I would like to focus upon at some point in the book. And uh, uh, that's, that's what I'm going to be doing for the next uh, couple of weeks. 
uh, putting this information together, giving you the, the information on ossuaries, on uh, uh, Mariamne, the Acts of Philip, uh, information like that, gathering as much as I can and, and getting something out into people's hands. Uh, I am certain that others will be putting out huge tomes, but huge tomes take a lot of time. And uh, while really good theology takes a lot of time, this isn't really a really good attack upon Christianity. It is really good only in the sense that it has it has pop, it has sizzle, it has the media behind it, it has DNA. Uh, anybody who watches CSI is going, ooh, this is cool. And I imagine once you see the film and see how, how it can be spun that way, you're going to see, yep, you know something? We need something very quickly that allows us to respond on the same level and that is understandable, and uh, that's, that's what I, uh, I intend to be uh, launching into. Uh, I hope you'll be praying for us and supporting us as we do that because that means I'm going to be putting other things on hold and, and uh, so on and so forth. So please uh, uh, be patient with us as we, uh, as we go for that, uh, that particular situation. So anyway. There's there's the big issues. The big issue is Mary Omni. The big issue is the name cluster stuff. Those are the two the two uh, focal points of the argumentation. Everything else is window dressing uh, that uh, you can address in, in in various ways. But that's the linchpin. In their own words, I mean, I'm I'm not the one who said uh, I'm not the one who said what what uh, Simka said right here. From Magdala, the city Magdala, but her name is Mariamne. They didn't know that. So the archaeologists didn't know what the New Testament guys knew, and the New Testament people didn't know what the archaeologists knew. Once we connected those dots, gotcha. then, yeah. That's, that's not me talking. That is them identifying the heart of what their argumentation is, and that's what we need to be uh, focusing into as uh, as well. So uh, uh, we'll be going back to the Today program thing here, but we do have a phone call I'd like to get to first. And so let's uh, go ahead and talk with uh, Kendall. Hi, Kendall. Hello, James. How are you, sir? Doing well. Uh, Ten minutes before the show, I walked in my office with the uh, book in my hand. Well, good. Um, like you, I just I want to get my hands on it, and uh, I look forward to you writing something. Well, actually, you know, I I had it on order, and then I realized, wait a minute, I I don't uh, if it's out today, and I thought it wasn't going to be out till tomorrow, and I was already going to be traveling. Uh, I guess I could pick it up when I get to Massachusetts, but um, uh, I think Rich is making some phone calls right now to see if uh, I can get hold of it here locally, so that. Uh, uh, there's this thing called uh, the the waiting area at the airport that you sit at for a long, long period of time, and I I would like to have that in my hand uh, during that period of period of patience building. So, anyways, yeah, did you see the uh, Discovery website? You know, evidence oh, yeah. that could mm-hmm. change history. Yes, oh, and yeah. um, you know, it's interesting. You you mentioned I have the I just walked in, and you mentioned that the uh, chapter on DNA is only eight pages long. On the back page, last uh, 174 of that chapter. It's just interesting, you know. They don't have DNA uh, samples of any of the other boxes. So, they, so I'm right in what I had seen, where I saw a claim. I've been chasing this thing for for days now, but I I, I saw a claim uh, that uh, that uh, the um, uh, only t- those two boxes, only those two ossuaries, uh, had uh, sufficient uh, material in them. To allow for uh, uh, examination. Sorry about that. that was that's that's convenient for them, isn't it? Uh, it? That does strike me as a little odd, to be honest with yeah. you. With the uh, the Judah 
son of Jesus, they said, um, uh, what's, what's bad about this one? We tried to get some material, but uh, it had been scoured out scoured. Uh, for cleaning preparation for a museum display. Interesting. And Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, out of all the boxes. Now, they don't mention that they actually tried, unless I, you know, I, I didn't read in that chapter where they tried to get any other DNA. I don't know. Also, I'd like to know, when did they start this DNA research? Uh, well, they said it's been over the past three years, and uh, I don't. Uh, they, they did take it to the, to the best place that they could take it to up in Canada, uh, to I think is Lakeland University, where they specialize in the analysis of ancient uh, mitochondrial RNA and the extraction and amplification and analysis of, of that. So uh, we did verify that uh, they, they really couldn't have taken it to a better place. Uh, to do uh, to do what they did. So, uh, how many pages is it? The whole book. Yeah, it is two eighteen. Two eighteen. Oh, that'll be a quick read. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, Kenda, I appreciate that. I hope I will uh, be taking that with me to the airport to tomorrow myself and uh, pray for us as we launch into this. I'm going to try to do this, you know, twelve hours a day and uh, get uh, something out as quickly as possible. It'll be accurate. Not necessarily exhaustive, but useful to the people of God. Yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, in support of that, and, and and financially, I'd like to stay on the line because I, you know, there's got to be something written out, like you said, quickly. Yeah. And it's interesting. This just you mentioned this was brought up in '96, but this idea that they were going to be coming out with this no. has been pretty much kept secret. Right? It, uh, you know, the first yeah. I heard of it was Saturday morning. Saturday, that yeah. was the very first thing. So, yeah, they believe me. They they learned their lesson. Look what happens to Da Vinci Code. Uh, before the film came out, since the book was already out, there were already how many half a dozen, a dozen books debunking it before it ever came out. And interestingly enough, as a result, they sort of softened the presentation in the film itself. They don't want to have to go through that. They they got one shot at this. And if there's already stuff in response to it before the film comes out, uh, even the Discovery Channel may not want it. Uh, so that's th- this. there was some, some real good thinking behind all of this. Uh, skip scholarship. Skip the process of vetting this stuff, examining it, allowing people to go, wait a minute, Acts of Philip, hello? Do you, do, do you really want to go here as your, as your key argument and uh, key source in your argumentation is the Acts of Philip? Do you really want to go there? Uh, they skipped all that because if they did that, there would be no film. Right. And well, so, yeah, why wouldn't they bring in other scholars to investigate it as well? There's no in- other independent researchers that I know of that well, had access to all of that. Well, that's where the book and the film is going to, you know, they, they, I know that they mentioned that they talked to some of the skeptics in Israel, uh, but I've not seen any evidence of any type of critical thinking in regards to the sources that they consider to be scholarship, for example, in regards to the Acts of Philip. I don't, I haven't seen it. That's one of the main reasons that uh, as soon as we finish the program here today in 20 minutes, uh, I'm going to be heading out the door and uh, and uh, going to try to track that book down because that's where the documentation hopefully will be. If it's not there, uh, then that's obviously something we're going to be focusing upon as well. James, in your reading of the early church fathers, it's amazing to, you know, this idea that Jesus was married and had a kid, and it's unreported in the early, you know... Well, not only unreported, not, but remember... That, that, this would be great for skeptics of the first, second, third centuries against the it Jewish been. apologists. Oh, and yeah. oh, is yeah. there any mention of that? Uh, n- n- not to my knowledge. I okay. mean, uh, the, the Pantera thing that Tabor 
uh, has put out. Uh, again, finding a, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a Pantera, um, monument or a, a burial place in Germany. So this must be the Roman soldier who was the father of Jesus. Um, Al Mohler did nail him on that on the Larry King thing, uh, Larry King program last night. But, uh, that was the primary argumentation was that Jesus was the, the bastard child of a Roman soldier. Uh, but the, uh, all the rest of this stuff developed way down the road in Gnosticism. And even the Jewish opponents of Christianity knew that the Gnostics, uh, really didn't have a team in this, in this tournament. Uh, in other words, their worldview is so completely different, uh, that they rejected them as a, as a meaningful source as well. So, uh, you know, that's, that just simply wasn't the argumentation that they were presenting at that time. Well, this is good. I appreciate your blog, and Ben Witherington uh, has has some stuff on his blog. Yeah, I saw. It. I read that this morning. And uh, Justin Taylor is is posting stuff. So I, I do hope that there's a, a lot more out there. So uh, I hope so because when I first started searching it Saturday morning, there was nothing. Now there's everything. <laughs> All right, thank you, sir. All right, thanks. all right. God bless. Bye bye. Uh, we need to work on our uh, on our uh, phone system. We're getting we're getting some bad static. Uh, I'm not sure what. Uh, problem is there but we'll we will figure it out uh, as uh, as time hope i don't have that bad static when i try to do uh, way of the master today that's that that would be really bad and i imagine this will probably what we end up talking about on that as uh, as well uh barnes and noble is still unpacking their shipment she said that they are expecting it to be in there mm, okay all righty uh, i'll go help them open a box if that's what we need to do <laughs> Don't have any problem doing that. That's uh, that's uh, that that's cool. Uh, <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll see what uh, what goes on with that. So let's get back to the uh, to the Today Show and how this was presented uh, yesterday morning. Because whether we like it or not, folks, if you're listening to this, there's only a few of you. In comparison to the broad culture, uh, it's going to be one of those situations where we have to exercise the patience of of repeating the same things over and over again. And I got to admit, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. When I've said the same thing 20 times and I run across someone who, especially in an arrogant attitude, repeats stuff that I know is as false as the day is long, I struggle with patience. I, I, that's a, that's a, a problem with my, my character and, and I need the Spirit's help in that area. And maybe you understand how that works. So we need to know what's going to be said and they're not going to be reading the books. We're the ones that have to bring that information. They're the ones that are going to be going simply on the the secondhand stuff of the film and what they've seen on television, so we need to know what's being said. So going back to the Today Show. Find ever. Since the 1970s, hundreds of tombs and thousands of ancient bone boxes have been uncovered in the Holy Land. But now one tomb unearthed in Talpiot in 1980 is being regarded differently because it once held a box with this inscription, Jesus, son of Joseph. While the Bible tells the story of Jesus and his resurrection, this box could show physical evidence that he existed, was buried, and that he had a son, Judah. Those are the claims in a new book from Emmy-winning investigative journalist Simka Yakubovich and a documentary from Academy Award-winning director James Cameron. Witness the biggest cover-up in human history. It was the central, controversial claim of Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code. Mary Magdalene was Jesus' wife. But Jesus... Why, why Da Vinci Code? Why, I mean, why even... I mean, that to me, the fact that this keeps coming up and it keeps being used, connecting the two together, why do they want to do that? It would seem because they want to tap into the same audience. For us, what it does is it goes, see? 
Same looniness uh, behind this that you have uh, that you have in the Da Vinci. Cousin Mary Magdalene married and started a royal bloodline that continues today. Brown's story was fiction, but now a new documentary and book announce a startling real-life discovery. It's unbelievable. This is it. Nice. It's the real thing. Journalist Simka Yakubovic says this tomb, discovered underneath what is now an apartment complex near Jerusalem, may be the final resting place of Jesus Christ. And this limestone box, called an ossuary, could have held his actual bones. Mem is for M. This ossuary may have held Maria's or the Virgin Mary's. This one is labeled Mary Omne, which Christian scripture says was Mary Magdalene's real name. And perhaps most shocking of all, the writing on this box translates to Judah, son of Jesus. If true, the consequences are impossible to measure. Well, Christianity really stands or falls with the fact of Jesus' bodily resurrection from the dead. And then he physically ascended into heaven. Father Thomas Williams is an NBC News analyst. Where was this supposed son? If, if he had one, he would have been a prominent member of this new church, and he wasn't. The church is not alone in arguing this tomb may have nothing to do with the Jesus Christ millions now worship. The site was first examined 27 years ago, and archaeologists then came to a very different conclusion. These are the most common names among Jews in the first century common era. Suggesting that this tomb was the tomb of the family of Jesus is far-fetched. Yakubovich says experts in statistics, DNA and patina testing back up the conclusion that this could be the biggest archaeological find okay. ever. We found it, actually. Simka Yakubovich and James Cameron are here for their first television interview on the Jesus Family Tomb and the Discovery Channel documentary called The Lost Tomb of Jesus. Good morning to both of you gentlemen. Read the book over the weekend, watched the documentary. There are so few wow stories out there. This is one of them. I mean, Simka, you believe you have found the family tomb of Jesus. You have brought over two of the ossuaries or the, the bone boxes as we call them and you're going to display them in front of the, uh, the press later on today. We have them here. I want to show the audience. We've got a live shot of them. And you describe which ones we're looking at. We're, oh, there, there, there they are, right we're there. We're looking at uh, the bone box inscribed, Jesus, son of Joseph. That's the more plain one, the smaller one. And the other one says Mariamne, which is, scholars today say, is the real name of Mary Magdalene. And they were found in that tomb, along with other boxes that you believe held the, re the remains of uh, Mother Mary. Um, some of the relatives, and also Judah, who you think was the son. The box says Judah, son of Jesus. If this is correct, what are the implications? They're huge. They are huge, but they're not necessarily the implications that people think they are. For example, some believers may say, well, this challenges the resurrection. I don't know why. If Jesus rose from one tomb, he could have risen from the other tomb. It's now, I've heard him say this multiple times. It's on the Discovery Channel. Uh, it, is it possible that he truly does not understand uh, the centrality of the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ to Christianity? I, I, I suppose it's possible. That certainly would explain the, the rather wide-eyed naivete of the Acts of Philip, but, but is, is that really possible? Are there not others who, over this course of time, had enough knowledge of these things to go, excuse me, you, you're using what? You, you don't realize that what you're saying here would mean that... The, the historic Christian view from the start is completely wrong, and, and Christianity's false. Uh, do, do you not know that you're launching this 
someone didn't say that somewhere along the lines? It's hard for me to believe that. It really has to do with ascension. But we're not theologians. I'm not a theologian. We're here, we're reporters, and we're reporting the facts. And what we're saying is, here are the facts. There is a tomb. It has ossuaries. This, everybody agrees on that, archaeologists. What do they say? Jesus, son of Joseph. One that belongs to Maria, the mother. One belongs to Mary Magdalene. Another belongs to Josie, which the, the Gospel of Mark, the, the earliest Gospel, says is a nickname of the brother of Jesus. These are facts. And that so, was a rare name, Josie, not one you would find very no, often. No, it's, it's, it's the only one found with that exact name. And another name. box is, is inscribed with the name Mattia? Matthew. 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 Yeah. So what we're saying is that we took we took the facts and it had been dismissed as it couldn't be the it couldn't be the family of Jesus for two reasons the second Mary couldn't be isn't Mary Magdalene but in 1980 when it was found they didn't know that her her real name not her title but her real name is Mariamne and that's what it says on the box and the second thing is what these people said on your show they're common names but these are archaeologists they never went to statisticians what are the odds a cluster of names okay they here went we to go statisticians we were shocked but by what they said. And what were the odds that, that this is indeed the family of Jesus? Well, I, th I think that you that um, they don't like to use the term odds, but they'll do a, a, a probability study, and um, the sort of the upper numbers that we were coming up with were up in the range of a, a couple of million to one against. I mean, in in favor of it being them, or, or say two million to one that it's that it's not a chance that it's not them, uh, and the lowest boundary is somewhere around a hundred to one. So it's a hundred to one is in ninety nine percent. So it's a hundred to one for the tomb, between a hundred to one and a thousand to one for the tomb. Mm -hmm. And nothing. To now for the tomb, <laughs> again, uh, people hear that and they go, "Well, why is that wrong?" Why, why, is there, why is there a problem here? Well, first of all, you're getting to pick which names you're going to include. You're, you're ignoring all the historical stuff about all the questions about Jerusalem and the family wasn't there and, and throw all that stuff to the wind, evidently. Uh, what you've got is this idea that once we play with Mariamne, because throw Mariamne there and recognize something. This is something, again, I, I just completely forgot this earlier. If serious scholarship was being done here, if serious examination was being done here, what would be the means, and you don't have to be an archaeologist to figure this out, just think with me for a moment, this is simple rationality, what would be the means of determining the most likely origination and meaning of the name Mariamne? I've already told you, they jumped 1,400 years down the road to the Acts of Philip, and then take a very speculative interpretation of it that cannot be established by the by the document itself, because it never says that Mary Omni is Mary Magdalene, uh, even though Cameron says, oh, certainly, it, it clearly identifies. No, it doesn't. That's just not true. So, but that's not how archaeologists work. You don't go 1,400 years down the road or 400 years down the road when there is a glaring, clear context right in front of you. And that's another reason why the Israeli archaeologists, I'm sure, are chuckling about the whole thing, though they're wondering about how, how everybody else is making all this money off the stuff they found. Specifically, Mary Omne. Do a search. I have the Libronics Library. I have a very large Libronics Library. I searched for Mary Omne. Every single reference. I have numerous scholarly archaeological sources in my library. Entire back issues, Biblical Archaeology Review, all these things in my in my library. Never 
New Testament commentaries, Old Testament commentaries, intertestamental, historical, uh, lexical sources. Never in all of that does Mariamne come up as the name for Mary Magdalene. Not once. What does Mariamne come up as? She was a well-known woman, all right. She was the wife of Herod, his favorite wife. And ossuaries are directly attached to the Hasmonean dynasty, which she was a part of. And so here you have a name, well-known, used for buildings. Everybody knew who Mariamne was. And so here you have an ossuary coming after the period where she's so popular. Same context, same language, same area. And instead of going for the obvious, oh, here is clearly a name that is well-known in that time period, was of royal descent preceding this time period by just a few decades. It would be like Jackie. Everybody knows who Jackie was. Jackie Candy Onassis. How many women were named Jackie when Jackie was in the White House? There are names that are well known. And that was the case with Mariamne. And so here you have, if we were doing scholarship, if we were really serious about this, what would be the more likely source for Mariamne? Herod's wife in the Hasmonean dynasty in the preceding decades, right there in that place. Or a work of fiction that at the very least is at least 400 years down the road that we only know from a source 1,400 years down the road. That is even only speculatively, once you read it, identify with Mary Magdalene at all. Which is, which is more likely? It does make you sit back and go, hmm. Hmm, who's really behind this? Are, are Cameron and Yakubovich just, just dupes for somebody else? They're the, they're the face people? Or are they really the ones behind this? I, I don't know. I don't have a clue. Maybe we'll find out. I don't know. But it does make you go, wow, that's really odd. It would seem rather obvious, which has the greater probability. But I bet they didn't ask the statistics probability guy to figure in Mariamne. <laughs> Mariamne is a name well known in the culture. I bet they didn't do that. Hmm. What a shame. Do you suggest that there's any forgery involved or anything like that? Nobody argue. The archaeologists who even deny that this is the family of Jesus don't deny that this is a true, authentic find. The issue is that archaeologists played statisticians and dismissed the find. What we did is we went to the statisticians. We're just reporting the news. We're not statisticians. We're not theologians. We're not statisticians, we're not theologians, we're not DNA experts, we're not um, uh, anything. We're just reporting the facts. I'm sorry, going to the Acts of Philip is not reporting the facts. Going into the future by, by minimally hundreds of years, if not longer than that, and ignoring what could have been an easy search on a computer that took me five seconds to do, is not reporting the facts. If you just reported the facts, you wouldn't have a movie appearing on the Discovery Channel and a book coming out for 27 bucks for 210 pages. Somebody's making a mint. 
Follow the money. We're reporting the news, and now the debate is going to begin because statisticians say it's significant. DNA experts say it's significant. I wanted to talk about the DNA because when these um, ossuaries were first found, there were bones in them back in 1980, and the archaeologists mm -hmm. removed the, the bones were removed and buried. Mm -hmm. But there was enough remnant in in the the, the, the box that you believe yes. contained the the remains of Jesus and the one with Mary Magdalene, and you were able to to do DNA tests. And what did you find? We didn't do it. So experts did right. DNA expert. Uh, well, they, they didn't remove. They didn't remove bones. What they removed is what they call forensic human residue. We had a CSI lab in New York work on this. We had a paleo DNA lab in Ontario work on this, and, and they got um, uh, mitochondrial DNA. And what they found, see, this could have killed the whole theory. If Mary Magdalene and Jesus's, if that, if they match, that means they weren't husband and wife. They're brother and sister. They didn't match. So they got a DNA profile. And again, we're here to, you know, people have to, you know, people are going to talk about all. Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm sitting here coughing and I've got my hand on the mute button. Uh, notice what was said there. They're not brother and sister. Okay, congratulations. That means they didn't have the same mother because mitochondrial DNA comes from the maternal line. That doesn't mean that it wasn't a father-daughter relationship. Why not bring that out? Now, at one point, I, at, at some point, I think I did hear him use the term maternal very quickly. But most people don't hear that part. All they hear is, oh, DNA proves they could have been married. That's the most likely thing. Why? Why not Yeshua ben Joseph being the uh, son of Matthew? Why isn't that just as likely? Why isn't it just as likely that Yeshua ben Joseph was married to Maria? I mean, I hope the book does not make the argument. In fact, I, I hate to um, ask a Tequid to be reading and, and typing into channel all at the same time uh, very fast while we're doing the program, uh, and we're pretty much out of time anyways. But, uh, in fact, I just realized we are out of time, so we're going to have to continue with this, folks. This is a continuing, developing story. Thursday, I'm going to be in Massachusetts looking at the book. Next Tuesday, I will be able to give you more, obviously, with the film, being able to quote things, and uh, we'll be launching into this stuff. Uh, pray for us as we do this. This is a, an attack upon the very center of the Christian faith, but it's, it's an attack that needs to be taken seriously, responded to seriously. But at the same time, we need to see the sources these folks are using, and that's what we're here for. Pray for us. Support us. We'll see you next week this time. God bless. has been brought to you by Alpha and Omega Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, call us at 602-973-4602 or write us at P.O. Box 37106, Phoenix, Arizona, 85069. 
You can also find us on the World Wide Web at aomin.org. That's A-O-M-I-N dot O-R-G, where you'll find a complete listing of James White's books, tapes, debates, and tracks. Join us again this Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m. for The Dividing Line. Just in full.